What up, though? I'm your boy CB. That's Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast, where I bring you a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82 game long season, as well as it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. We have crossed over the halfway point of the season as far as games played, and I started to do, you know, a halfway kind of like grades and all that stuff, but then we got a nice little, you know, winning streak. Got some good wins, got good news on Anthony Davis. And then even 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 then we have a trade that happens. Finally, we're going to talk about Rui Hachimura. I just love saying his name. Man. Even, even when he was in Gonzaga, I always thought it was a cool name. Um, you know, and so a guy who, as his name started picking up steam over the last couple of weeks, I was like, hmm, nah, nah, you know, whatever. Cool is probably a better option. But now that we have him, I'll give you my thoughts on the trade. We're going to talk mainly about the Clipper matchup and how that game kind of shows you why we needed to make that trade. And just maybe Rob Palenka has more that he's searching for. And all that and much, much more next. All right, all right, all right. Let's get right into it. Okay, we had a trade that happened. Where were you when the trade happened if you're a Laker fan, if you're an NBA fan, if you're a casual fan? Where were you? Well, I was at work. And when the trade came through, at first it was like finalizing the trade. I'm like, what? Then I seen Rui Hachimura. And I was like, for who? And then I seen it was Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. I said, so we saved, you know, giving up our first round picks, whether it was protected, unprotected, and we were able to use a second round pick and a guy like Kendrick Nunn, who I felt bad for last year because he never even got a chance to get the run, you know, get any run last year. And then this year he started off and I was feeling bad for him again because, man, it was just rough on him. But he had put together a couple games where you're like, okay, at least he's starting to get his confidence back, you know? And you can tell with some of these guys' confidence is just – it's just what you need to get going, man, because the skills there, the abilities there. But, man, if you don't have any confidence or you you just can't get out of a rut, shooting slump or if all you, you know, if all you're attached to is your scoring. When you go in those slumps, you look like, um, you know, just a, a body out there pretty much. So I'm glad to see Kendrick do that. I'm glad maybe he'll have more playing time, more success with the Wizards. That frees up their forward position over there in Washington. But we're not here to talk about Washington. We're here to talk about the Lakers. We're here to talk about what this looks like because as of right now, Rui and Anthony Davis will be playing against the Spurs. So this is the morning of that game. So if you're listening, tuning in, hopefully you get to listen to it before the Spurs game, but it doesn't matter. We're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about that game and moving forward with the plans later this week. Coming right back at you, but... Man, like him and AD, AD probably going to be on minutes restriction, of course. I wouldn't see him playing more than 25 minutes, but just to see him back on the court, see how he moves. And the team has grown a lot over this stretch of games. Like it's been like ups and downs. And I'm going to tell you why I think we are on this roller coaster with this team. I'll give you that, that thought later, just my opinion, my humble opinion. But if you remember back in the summer, in the offseason, if you've been a faithful listener, if not, you know, go back, check them out. 
um, available on all platforms. You know, Chill Bravado Podcast. But the Lake Raider 2, I was saying, what if we could find a guy to slot in between Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Or pair, or put something with that pair. I necessarily don't have to be the four, but he has the ability to play three and four. Or four and five, you know. And here we have Rui, who has, has the ability to play the three and the four, more four than three. Six, eight, 230-ish pounds. He he has athletic. You know, he's he's 24, so he's athletic. He's young. He might not be what they thought. He was going to be when they drafted him to um, the Washington Wizards. But my thing, you know how, if you don't know, I'm not really, you know, number one picks, lottery picks. It depends on the team and the organization they're going to. So, Miss me with these guys didn't pan out to be what they were supposed to be. If you go to a bad organization, I don't care how good you can play on the court, okay? Because if the organization's bad, nine times out of ten, their team's going to be bad. And if that team is average, they're probably going to be in a position where, they're, where we're trying to tank and get a better draft pick anyway so we can pair somebody with this guy. You know, whatever the case is, but Rui gets to have a, a new, you know, a fresh, you know, start you know, breath of fresh air coming and he's never played with a guy like LeBron, but he has played with a guy like Russell Westbrook. So he's been there before. So I'm excited to see this pairing because I was saying something like, like Vanderbilt, you know, who played with Minnesota and I think he's with Utah now, um, a guy like him. And he kind of represents that, but with more skill, I just wanted a guy who's going to be able to switch, going to be able to body up. Who's going to be able to, you know, maintain his own, like Rui is not a perfect player. But he's good at several things. He's not great at anything, but he's very well, you know, he's good at, you know, all-around player, man. But he's not the best rebounder, but he can help us, you know. He's not the best defender, but he'll be able to help us. You know, like, situational, this is perfect for both sides. He's going to come in and he's going to get the playing time. He's going to get to play next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Then, even on bench units, if he comes in, he'll be able to play with Russ, TB, Winnie Gabriel. You know, however, however you want to see it, but we're going to talk about rosters. Like, okay, now what's the change up in the lineup? What's the rotation going to look like? So it's good we got him early and not have to give up a lot because now the other other teams know where the Lakers are not necessarily have to trade anybody anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. We know there's more to be done to this roster, but this right here just gives us a, a glimmer of hope that we can, you know, lean in the right direction as far as getting this thing back on track. But we also have some guys who we need to get back. Reeves and Walker, hopefully soon are coming back. Reeves with the hamstring, those are tricky. Lonnie looks like he's day-to-day getting himself back ready to come in. So Rob Palenka has said that he's not yet done searching for trades. Searching. Doesn't mean we're going to get one, but we are searching for trades as far as Rob Polink is concerned. So that means that, hey, don't 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 get too calm and relaxed now or don't get upset because you think you're done. Apparently, we might not be done. And I know a lot of you want Russ gone because he had a bad shooting night um, against the Clippers. We're going to get in that into the next segment. And he had a bad game against Portland. So he's put together back-to-back bad games. But we're going to also remember what he did against Memphis and how he helped us, you know, win that game. So it, it, it's it's... I get why somebody wants Russ to get moved. It makes sense. And and if it brings the right players back, you're happy for it. But I'm pretty sure any trade that's made, Laker Nation is going to be upset about it. I see people complaining about this trade. Very few. But I was like, so you're upset. 
why do we give so much away for this guy? I'm like, are you kidding me? We just added size at the wing. But it's shooting coming next. We'll talk about that and the rough, rough little stretch for Russ next. All right, we're back. And as we're recapping a little bit of the last couple of games, we dare not pass up the opportunity to be petty. You know, Uncle Shay and Dylan Brooks and the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies team, you know, T Morant. And, and, and that is daddy name. Whatever, whatever job daddy name. You know, the one like Usher. Yeah, you are. You know, yeah, yeah you know, come on, man. But. He said he ain't want none of these problems. And, of course, he apologized. But Dylan Brooks during the game against Memphis, it drives me crazy watching him play against LeBron. It's annoying. And I know it annoys some of you, but he's another guy like Pat Bev. If he's on your team, you love him or you tolerate him. But when he's not, you just can't stand him. And what he brings to the game, like as soon as LeBron crosses half court and gets close to any type of basketball action, I actually kind of like it in a way because he is not afraid to get in the chest of LeBron. But I also like how LeBron just ignores him. And then he eventually fouls out. But the way and the reason Dylan Brooks can play that aggressive is, A, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're built big, they're long, athletic, they have size, and LeBron could not even touch the paint. You hear me? At all that game. It was not going to happen. They were packing it in. And if you notice, LeBron did not have a great, like, you know, overall performance. It really took Russ and, and some of the things he did to keep the team afloat as well as Memphis cannot shoot free throws. And then, of course, Memphis does not have a sniper. So a team like Memphis, these are one of the, when I get to my top five, I'm going to do, that's something I'm going to look at and be like, man, like what this team needs. Ja really didn't get off in this game. He had a good third quarter, but he couldn't, I mean, luckily we packed the paint on them and they couldn't make us pay. And they allow us to climb back into a game and win it at the end with, you know, Dennis Schroeder making a great play and, you know, Darvin Ham try, you know, Kendrick Nunn, I was like, man, tra- I was saying trade him when he kept fouling Jones. I was like, what are you doing? If you remember back at the end of the game, I like, don't foul a guy that far away, play defense. But yeah, man, that game, it shows you what happens when you have a team with that much size and athleticism. They're not a good matchup for us because they dominate us on the boards and it was just obvious that we needed we needed shooting and so now we have Rui now I'm thinking well what's the next step I think the next step is shooting and how are we going to get that with you know with the pieces we got and not get screwed over in the deal um Bogdanovich's name we keep hearing you know Jordan Clarkson I've heard Laker fans floated around just because he's a former Laker um Gary Trent Jr. is a guy I've been looking at and I really he used to be at Portland he used to destroy us on the regular he would always get hot, hit the right three, and do that little, you know, that little face when y'all scrunched up and scowlings, if you will. And even when we played against Toronto, he had big shots against us there. I don't know what it is about this guy. He just likes to play well against the Lakers. And man, I was like, if we can get a Gary Trent Jr. to go and slot him in that two guard spot, man, that is exciting to me. So, I mean, I guess you're still keeping Dennis. You got Gary Trent, you know, Rui. LeBron, AD, or LeBron, AD, TB. 
Man, like he makes a lot of sense to me. Bogdanovich, I get too, but do you start Rui and Bogdanovich together? Do you bring him off the bench? Because now it's like now you got forwards, but Bogdanovich is not a defensive, you know, threat at all. But he's definitely elite on the offensive end with his ability to score. So it's like now if you get Bogdanovich, you get the shooting. So how do you mix and match this up? Now does Rui come off the bench now, and you, you know, you start TB. I mean, you start AD at the center, and then you go Bogdanovich, LeBron, and I mean, it, it will be tricky defensively, but I feel like Darwin can make this work. But man, it just it shows that we don't have the shooting against Memphis. It shows that we don't have the size against the Clippers. It shows that Portland still has the same problem. Dame time, the watch got broke. They had that big shot. They they ran in the second quarter. They ran, you know, but then. Dame and, 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 and Simons, they, they shot this shot a little too early. And then now when the game gets into the second half and now you have to play defense, they're hunting out Dame. Simons can't help on the weak side. Um, Nurkic, he's non-factor. No, no worries. Jeremy Grant can only do so much. The Portland defense with two small guards. You know how I feel about the two small guard lineup. We're dealing with, with the Lakers, but the only advantage we had in that Portland matchup is our guards Dennis is able to pressure up and be aggressive Pat's able to be physical and have his physicality you know so we were able to win that physical matchup you know even with Ja Ja was not able to do whatever he wanted to do you know so and then the other guys weren't shooting that well so these teams had those issues but when we go up against the Clippers okay Clippers don't have an issue with size Clippers don't have an issue with depth they are not a good matchup for us because A they have Kawhi they have PG, they have Powell, they have Morris, they have Batum, and even Reggie Jackson, who's playing like trash most of this year, he decided to get into the game and do some things I was not ready to see. I was very upset. I was like, who is this guy that's out here wanting to get buckets all of a sudden? You know what I mean? Then you see Steve Ballmer over there acting like he just won a championship and just because the Clippers won the game he thinks they done did something yeah we know you won 10 straight games against the Lakers but who the cares <sighs> okay I'm back okay I'm back go to the next segment Okay, I'm back. 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 Calm. See, chill bottle. We back. Got that out of my system. But just to continue with this game, I got a little something that you know when people say, "Well, bless your heart." You know what they mean when they say that is like an unwritten rule in the South, or I don't know if you guys do it in the North, but in the South, bless your heart. You know that doesn't really mean good things. Or when someone's like you're talking to them and they. You're like, wow, that's crazy. And they say, wow, that's crazy. Like three times, you know, they really not listen to you like that. They just saying that so you know they're replying. Or, or when people say, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. And nine times out of ten, the prayer was that. That's When they said that, that was the prayer. Well, I got something I like to call Lord Pray. Okay. Like when something's happening in the game or a player has a certain moment, I just be like, Lord, pray. You know, like it, 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 it irks me so bad, and I, and and I say it, and I just hold it out, and it kind of goes, Lord, 
Lord pray. Yeah. So we have this segment I like to call Lord pray. And Russell Westbrook during this Clippers game, he not only had mistakes. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he had 17, five assists, two steals, only two turnovers. But that doesn't tell the whole story. Who four for 13 shooting, one for four from the three-point line, and had actually a decent night at the free throw line. But when I, what's the issue with, with, with Russ? Is that when he, he's not, it's not a problem to make mistakes during the game. It's how loud are the mistakes, okay? So his mistakes were loud. And they were often, and they were in tough, critical moments. And he wasn't the only one, but I know that since we're in trade talk season and he's one of those healthy candidates from game to game, don't trade Russ. Russ is that dude. Russ is blah, blah, blah. And then when he has a terrible game, it's man, get this bum off the team. Trade him now. Give him, give us a, a, a pack of crackers and Lay's potato chips. You know, it's like they just want to give him up for a snack. You know what I'm saying? And I know you're not calling Russell a snack. But listen, man, y'all got to calm down, man. But I do feel your pain. So my first official, and I hate is him, but what were you thinking, Russ? Russ, what were you doing? Is it is it time to make that trade? I don't think so. But then again, I don't know. Can we get back valuable pieces? Can we replace what he does for Winnie Gabriel and Thomas Bryant when he drops it off at the rim and... You know, he's built for it tough. He's durable. But nonetheless, we praying for you, brother. Lord, pray. And that's all we can say about that. So moving on, man. Moving on. As we get ready to move into this game against the Spurs, you know, we have to figure out, you know, what's realistic for this team. And I feel like the pace that this team plays at, we're like the second fastest team, you know, moving you know and you see the transition buckets we want to get stopped so we can get the running because we don't have shooters right but i just feel like the reason this roller coaster of a season is going like this is because it is unrealistic to play that hard for game in and game out you have to find a healthy balance of when hopefully now the ad's coming back you got Rui's going to help defensively hope hopefully with his size and if you add shooting you have to get something that in the half court sets you're able to calm down come down and make realistic, you know, basketball plays without getting out in transition every time. If you do that, because it's, it's, it's one thing. If Russ going on the fast break and missed the layup or LeBron goes out and misses the layup, now you're out of the play. The rebound is live and they're going the other way and that's five on four. So now that transition game is going against you and that happens a lot, you know, especially if Russ, if he forces something or you get down in the half court and teams packing the paint and now LeBron's sitting here probing and watching and trying to set up these unrealistic shots because these guys are, you know, leaving guys wide open in the corner. Russ, they will sit in the paint and dare him to shoot a shot. He has done better this year of actually, you know, he still got, he has, he's not a great ball handler, but he still has a very quick first step and he just gets you on his back. He bumps you a little bit, gets you off balance. And he's gotten better at finishing in the rim around that and just dropping it off to Winnie Gabriel and those guys. But is that, you know, is that sustainable? 
Is that something that you're going to continue to do over and over again in the game? Is LeBron going to have to do this thing where he has to sprint and run and dribble and set up everything? You know, and it's just not realistic to keep that pace. So that's what I see this roller coaster of a season. We got to find the balance and Rui and add in whoever might help complete that in a way. But let's say, let's say this. The lineup, AD, LeBron, Rui, Troy Brown, Jr., Dennis. Is that going to be the starting line for the Spurs tonight? Hmm. Or it's going to be AD, Thomas Bryant, LeBron, Pat Bev, and Dennis. I'm just curious to see where we're going with all this. I'm getting excited because I really can't wait to see these guys on the court again. And then I can't wait for the All-Star break. I want guys to get some rest because Austin Reeves needs to come back. Hopefully, he'll be able to finish out the season because the hamstrings, they make me nervous. Lonnie Walker, I don't know. He might be a guy who might get traded. Who knows? But Lonnie Walker's a guy. I miss that athleticism. And I miss him. Him shooting threes just don't, you know, they don't bother me as much as Russ shooting threes. Lonnie's not a great three-point shooter. Patrick Beverly, although he's been linked to a lot of trades, he's came around the last month and a half, and he's playing fine. Now, it was unfair for him to be having to guard Kawhi Leonard all game. That's why we need more size. It's just unrealistic that you got Kawhi Leonard being guarded by Pat, Pat Bev and him on Paul George and they're just shooting over top of him but that's a roster thing so as we move forward let's see what we gotta win this game against the Spurs we gotta get AD back out here let's see what he looks like hopefully he gives us something to get excited about Rui coming in I feel like tonight's gonna be fun because we have a road trip coming up Boston coming up so it's that's gonna be tough I think the next show I'm going to do my top five. I want to talk about some of the other teams just a little bit. But we also know that we're about to go on the road after this Spurs matchup. We go at Celtics, at Nets with no KD, at the Knicks. That's Julius Randle, who's tough. At the Pacers, who are playing pretty well. At the Pelicans. And maybe Zion might be back for that. So that's where we're at right now. Celtics, Nets, Knicks, Pacers, pelicans we'll talk about that in the top five next time but i appreciate you guys for tuning in and hey man y'all enjoy your day your night see you next time